loads of people were telling me it can't couldn't be done but they'd never done it yes you know and it's impossible you're freelance don't in fact i was told don't go freelance because you can't purchase property hello hustlers welcome to that freelance life podcast the show where we discuss the how-tos the ins and outs and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in london i'm harriet stockwell and i'm Brittany Beebe, and we're creative freelancers here to guide you please note we do recommend that you try this at home Welcome back to that freelance podcast, guys. Great to have you with us again. Thank you for listening in from wherever you are, whether you're on the tube or at home or out for a walk. Or in another country. That too. Like the very person that we've chatted to today in this podcast who actually found our podcast while living in Hong Kong. Exactly. But before we get into that and divulge who we're going to be talking to, we need to let you know what this is all about. So... Harriet and I have been working towards buying our own houses for a while now. And obviously house buying, it's a hugely daunting um, process. They say it's the most stressful thing you'll ever do in your life. I think maybe Rebecca Roundtree might disagree with you um, from our <laughs> chat with her the other day. But, <laughs> um, but today, yeah, we, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about what it's like to buy a house. It's stressful enough if you're a full-time employee It is twice as hard if you're a freelancer and you're working for yourself. We wanted to share with you our experiences of going from chatting with mortgage brokers to securing mortgages, looking at houses, you know, making sure our credit scores were were A-OK. So right now, Harriet and I are both mid-process. So both of us have had to go through the things like surveys, valuations, getting the mortgages approved. Uh, you know, finding solicitors, all of these things you have no idea how to do. And how much money it's all going to cost until you start adding up and doing the budget. I remember having such sleepless nights and Brittany was like, Put, give yourself a budget. The numbers won't lie. And True. that was the thing that actually calmed me because I was like, OK, OK, maybe I can do this and I can't afford it. I guess as a freelancer, it's so daunting and so difficult because to a mortgage lender, you aren't the most favorite yeah you, are you look less reliable in a way and unstable because yes. your income isn't consistent uh you work on day rates that you know may look good but are they consistent over time how much is your company turning over versus how much are you paying yourself a big thing and when i initially started this whole process going going right back to the beginning i got told i could lend so little um, because I barely paid myself for the first couple of years of my business, I wanted to keep very much under the minimum dividends, uh, like self-assessment tax brackets to not pay a lot of income tax. And I was taking out not that much out of my business, keeping a lot in. Not ideal when you then want to basically you've built up a sort of deposit for a house in your business and you can't take it out without now paying extortionate tax. I do not recommend you do that. (laughs) So, you know, learning so many things along the way, that was my first thing. Absolutely. I think another thing that we've realized is that Reddit threads are incredibly helpful. We've really found some solace in sharing and reading about other people's experiences um, that have been similar to ours. Even just to start the process, so how to even get a mortgage as being self-employed to then once you are in the process, Brittany in their house after they had a survey done found a damp issue. Yes. That was quite daunting. It was really nerve wracking. It was uh, responsible for a couple of sleepless nights for me. And um, after reading a couple of Reddit threads, found an expert who came highly recommended, brought them in and there was actually nothing to worry about. 
So yeah, exactly. it's the same for for you know suggestions and advice for uh, purchasing houses as a freelancer. I really feel like if you just do do your homework in the right kind of spaces and places, those answers do exist. Yeah, when I again first began, I looked at Zoopla and Rightmove. I I signed up to their newsletters, and Zoopla actually do some great newsletters where they give you ins and outs, like what is the difference between a freehold and a leasehold. Again, fucking. Excuse my French, but the British complicated so much. <laughs> I actually ended up having to go into a Reddit thread to then figure out, okay, now that I've got something called a share of a freehold, but there's something called a leasehold underlying in the share of a freehold, what does that all mean? I mean, it's all just a little bit of bureaucracy uh, and keeping maybe um, the bourgeoisie <laughs> over years. Another thing that we've definitely learned is to start the process of talking to your mortgage broker early on and finding someone who comes recommended by other freelancers, so other people who are self-employed. Not all mortgage brokers know how to deal with freelancers um, or how to get us the best mortgages. Because at first glance, when I started, it was I didn't couldn't afford to earn to borrow, sorry, that much money because of how much I paid myself. But then talking to another broker, they didn't they discarded how much I paid myself from a company and more looked at how much uh, was coming into the company. What was my day rate? So that gives me a totally different number of how much I could borrow. I feel like every day we are learning something new and those sleepless nights have now kind of dissipated in a way because we've released control of having it all figured out. We will all keep carrying on learning at every point, even probably when we have the house officially, we'll still learn some more things. Um, But to inspire us and sort of get us all galvanized in the fact that there is hope out there and it can be done and buying a house is real for freelancers Brittany and I actually testament to it right now but so is this very person that we have chatted to today Adrian Van Kooten an award-winning product designer whose passion lies in design and making digital products that make people's lives easier he's designed interactive experiences for Google YouTube Kiss FM Grazia just to name a few So we originally met Adrian via LinkedIn when he was still living in Hong Kong and he had found our podcast online. So it's so great to hear that it's reaching far and wide. He kindly introduced us to an agency he worked with and thought that we would be a good fit. And it turned out that it's since become our favorite place to work. We've made some of our best work and most memorable work there. And we love working with all the people. Adrian's been freelancing for almost a decade bought his first house within the first few years of freelancing and is now in the process of buying his second with his partner. Britt and I always say we wish we knew then what we know now about this process. Guess now finally we have someone who's doing it twice. Adrian Van Kooten. Amazing. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It is so great to have you. Um, For all of you who know, Adrian actually got us one of our freelance gigs. Uh, We met on LinkedIn. Yeah, we did meet on LinkedIn. Uh, Yeah, that was really random how that occurred. I didn't know if it would pan out. You know, it's one of those things you see someone that's like, oh, I know these, they're creatives. Yeah. You know, they do what these guys are looking for. And I actually worked at that agency as well. Yes. And um, you guys got the job and then you did you, I mean you did loads this year yeah we right? did we did and they were honestly to date our favorite agency to work for so thanks for yeah, that yeah well yeah. well I'm glad they're, they're good 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 people, they're good, people. They're, they're good eggs as we say yeah. so um no I actually did it was 
my favorite agency that I've worked for. So oh, no way. I, you know, I don't do much agency work so much, but that was the one. I met loads of really cool people yeah. there. So, you know, and then you guys went on to win. You know, the, yes. you had that massive campaign. Yes, yeah. we did. It was nominated the, for an award. Award, and that drums. was yes. all over the interweb. It was. Uh, all over least. Old Street. Well, you know, it was for Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, <laughs> and then you, you won another award as well, right? Did we? Oh, oh, we were nominated for um, Freelancers of the Year. For, You're you know, nominated. You know. yes. So many, so many awards I going know. on. It's Thank hard you. to keep track these yeah. days. Forget <laughs> the Oscars, forget the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. You know. Who needs Will Smith? I no. can't keep track, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's so great to have you here. And then we can dive into this other chat that we have looming over all of us is this thing about mortgage. But it would be really great um, to just get to know you. So to describe yourself and the work that you do. Okay. Um, so my name is Adrian Van Kooten. I'm a senior slash lead product designer. I'm specializing in, I guess, interaction design specifically for mobile, but really covers all types of digital products it's a bit of a sort of a mixed bag a bit of a being like a swiss army knife Mm, for designing digital you know products basically so it's a real it it encompasses ux ux design um user research visual design ui design so it's a lot of different things all all kind of merged together it's a if I'm being cynical about it, it feels as though they've just merged like lots of different people yeah. to do <laughs> one job yeah. to keep the costs down for <laughs> companies. But that's effectively what I do for a living. Do you want to just take us through a quick journey of your career? I know that when we st- started talking to you for the first time, you were in Hong Kong, weren't you? Yeah. So that's it was more about of a crazy idea that my partner and I, we had a few years ago where we were like, you know, we're not getting any younger. The sort of, you know, the... The, the prospect of doing kind of mad stuff like moving halfway around the world is kind of becoming like, you know, less and less a thing, which is rubbish, really. It's not yeah. true. You can't really have that mentality. But I think we had not felt this kind of urge to sort of tr- just work abroad. You know, I think we got in, sort of locked into a, maybe a Western mindset of working. We were like, what would it be like to work in Asia? And what how would they approach certain things? Um, so my partner's an architect. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, wow. as, and... I do what I do, so we sort of took the plunge to 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 move to Hong Kong, which you know there wasn't really much sort of for what's the word not for thinking, but like you know what I mean. We just we did kind of let's just do it. Yeah, it was kind of a a bit of a sort of a knee jerk reaction. And in terms of freelancing, how long have you been doing it for? So approximately, actually, overall, even though I had to be permanent in Hong Kong for visa reasons, you couldn't just rock up and freelance. Mm. About eight years, yeah. Oh, wow. So about so 2013. So dabbling in and out, you went or I, just I, always? I, only Hong Kong. Okay. I, I, I've never really dabbled in and out. I was hardcore freelancing. Wow, person. from the beginning. From, from from the beginning, not the beginning of my career. I'm, I'm a, I don't know if I'm showing my age or anything like that, but um, yeah, I'm giving away my age. Slightly. Showing your wisdom. My wisdom, my experience. That's yeah. the word. We're, there we go. We'll run with that. That's it. But um, yeah, it... it, it but I mean, I went freelance in 2013, and so it's—I mean, it's approaching now nine years wow. now from being You're a total natural. Yeah. So, but I had to go um, permanent in Hong yeah, Kong okay. because you know, visa. You know, being an immigrant or an expat, depending on which yep. one you want to pick. 
We know the feeling. Yeah. yeah. I know the feeling. Harriet yeah. does, and she's got a British passport. So yeah. I know the feeling. Yeah. yeah. It's so really you can, you, difficult. You can relate, right? Yeah. 100%. So um, now that you are back, I mean, how long have you been back for? It's approximately about a year and a half, a year and a bit or so. And just dive straight back into your freelance network? Basically. Yeah, yeah basically. I mean, the network never really was always plugged in. Oh, awesome. Um, so I insured when I knew we knew we were coming back because we the, the primary reason we didn't come back immediately or when we wanted to was, was COVID. It was looming over here. Yeah. It's actually exploded in Hong Kong. So Hong Kong are where the UK are two years ago. But that's another story. Yeah. But what I was doing, I was prepping the market while I was there. I was kind of making about three months out, reaching out to all my contacts saying, I'm coming back. What have you got going on? This you know, is great tips for anyone who's so, deciding to do the same thing. So really wanted to make sure that I'm all about a soft landing, mm. you know, especially you guys, you move around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was a big thing I wanted to sort of make sure I had when I came back to London. And then coming back, you now on this journey of, mortgage and buying a house and yeah. did you when you came back were you like that's what i want to do i want to own some property and you know what did you start doing as your process of sort of getting a mortgage because it is something that is quite tricky for it's self-employed really really tricky um so there was a bit i mean i've got to say first you know i had purchased a house before but there was a lot more complications or things to consider this time around i think the biggest elephant in the room was ir35 that was uh, a big yeah. thing that needed that had that legislation had come into effect. Yes. Basically, while I was away for about I was away in Hong Kong for a, a period of time, so I had to really sort of get my head around that. Really speak to people that had some sort of specialist knowledge in, mm. in that. Um, newsflash: No one does. That's, yeah. that's the other thing about IR thirty five. No one really is on top of it, um, and understand what the lay of the land because there was lots of different things in terms of like there was a stamp duty holiday yes and i think the main driver for us to sort of um was space yeah. you know and coming from hong kong we had a very very tiny apartment in central hong kong so we were like really sort of almost dreaming about you know pastures no like just lots lots more space having a garden that became really important to us and i think that became it was like that for everyone. I it think. kind of becomes your checklist of like, these are my important things, my non-negotiables yes. when you're going through the process yeah. of, I want these things right now. That's what I'm only going to look at. Otherwise your brain, I mean, I was typical to it, just looking at too many things. Yeah. You're yeah. Be like, no, what is the, the non-negotiable things that I want? Absolutely. And absolutely. go from there. Yeah. Um, and and during your process, so you, you've owned a home before. Did, were you freelance when you bought that I was. Oh. And it was interesting as well just to sort of see the differences in that process versus now because things have changed a little bit. They weren't too, they weren't too dissimilar, but I think the, the key thing was when I was doing it before, I mean, I was single. You know, yes. that was a, the, the, a big thing. So I had to consider, you know, obviously my partner had a permanent role, but just seeing how that added yes. up. Because obviously, you know, if your partner has got a, a civilian, as I like to say, or yeah. got a regular job, it's a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have that set yes. up or not. Yeah. But you have to kind of consider like, it's it, become, it makes it more complicated. And sometimes you kind of wish, oh God, I wish we just, I just, you know, it would have been a lot easier if I was just like a permanent person. Yeah. You know, 
it's very straightforward. Um, they don't might... need so many documents from you. Yeah, yeah but exactly. obviously, Some you know, we're kind of like uh, sort of a glitch in the matrix, you know, yeah. just, oh my God, but being freelance. So it, it became, you know, it was very different, you know, just sort of married that up. And there's also the searching yes. for a property. I think that's the one thing I would say mm. um, more than anything was like, that takes ages. Yeah. I mean, at least it took me a long time or it took us yeah. a long time. And obviously you mentioned IO35 yeah. there, so you run your um, business through a limited company? 100%, yeah. yeah. That was a thing. I mean, I, I didn't really know anything about IR35 when I first started it, but, you know, that was a conscious decision that yeah. my accountant, I've had, I'm on my second accountant now, but she was amazing. Um, we decided, you know, a, a limited company was going to be the way forward. Yeah. What was your concern, just to go to the IR35, what was the concern you had with IR35 and buying another property? Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't know all of this information straight away. This was a lot of sort of digging around. But when I started to speak to mortgage advisors, and, and I think this is the key thing, it was really important to speak to a mortgage advisor that specialised with working with freelancers because I spoke to... I spoke to, you know, the free, the mortgage advisor that I had previously and it was a straightaway, no, don't bother, don't even bother buying wow. a house. I was like, well, you kind of, didn't you advise me to get this one? He was like, yeah. forget it, you know. And I just had this kind of niggling idea of like, maybe he just doesn't know the tricks or not even the tricks. Like the, he didn't have the right information, but he was mm, yes, just like. the right knowledge. Right knowledge. And he was like, you've lived in Hong Kong, you know. All of a sudden, my case starts to look a little bit more kind of complex, unique yeah. and complex and intricate. So, it, you know, I, I was like, look, we need to really find someone who deals with freelancers on a regular basis. And we, I got recommended one by my accountant. Oh, brilliant. And he, when he saw, the minute he saw the case, he was just like, done. We know what we're doing. You know what I mean? He just does it so regularly yeah. that he was like, I know exactly how to position you. It's no problem at all. So that was a kind of a real injection of confidence which you really need when you're doing something so difficult it's a bit like climbing a mountain isn't it yeah totally i think i spoke to maybe five five to ten different mortgage brokers like through my process of like the few years that i decided to from when i was like okay i really want to buy property let's start the chat yeah and people would be like recommend this person recommend that person and it was only a very few that actually gave me the hope yeah i can actually so, do this that's great advice so there's not many out there and like i said they it's all about them understanding how to position you and really un- having a good understanding of what you do you yeah. know because i think even as you know it, it people hear freelance and they think oh my god it's precarious precarious profession but there are industries that are probably more um precarious and he was like look i've i worked with people in tv no one there is kind of actually sort of in what you would say a traditional work yeah set up exactly. so he goes i do this all the time and he had you know just a wealth of knowledge nice. on doing this you know so find the right mortgage broker a yes and then what do you need to prepare in order to sort of get the mortgage the credit ratings i mean we went through the process of yeah. we needed like two-year taxes things like that yeah i mean it, it, i guess it would depend on the mortgage advisor i mean i wouldn't be able to speak for them but for Really, from my side, it was about really getting your accounts in order. So I had yeah. to kind of collate, I think it was about a year's worth of um, limited company um, sort of account statements. That was yeah. the key thing I needed to prepare. 
obviously you know there were little things like that that I you know I which I'd done before but what I did remind myself was from last time was um I mean it was like oh you're you know we're confident we can get you through but I remember last time that I had to sort of provide a contract of of yes. not employment but a freelance contract yes which had effectively almost three months to go at the point of mortgage application yes and that actually changes the way you look yeah for work quite considerably i don't know if you guys had that experience but it kind of immediately you stop being very kind of um do you know what i mean loose about your work and loose about and 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 you know for me i would always be very sort of it was always important to be able to be extremely discerning about the contracts you take on because you know it's my time and i really want to enjoy it whereas actually it kind of limits the pool yeah and you're like actually i need to go for the longest contract i can get and the highest day rate i can find yeah exactly pretty immediately you you move from being very flexible and agile to being like quite rigid but it's only for a period of your life exactly so it's just to get the mortgage just right? to get the mortgage just to get through also on top of that i needed to have a a, a letter as well that was from your employer from, from the people who gave you the contract well this is yeah from the people who gave me the, the contract it was interesting because I, I they they were they actually positioned it as your employer but i was like i am my employer yeah yeah so you know that was in so uh just a letter to co-sign to say this is this is also a you know this is in addition to the, the contract as well so little things like that i think it's modern like mortgage companies are still yeah we don't look as stable on paper the weird thing is is that the income that we're probably generating from being freelance it's like we're the only ones that are going to be able to sort of really get the mortgages we want to yeah. get so yeah. they, they, they they're almost kind of working that out as as people shift towards the gig economy yeah. and that becomes much more normalized in terms of a, a steady stream of income they're having to sort of change their kind of formulas of this yes. is what a stable person looks like because the truth of the matter is I've never really been out of work. Yeah. Yeah. Being freelance. Yeah. That I mean, that was in our favor, I think, was that we'd had such consistency. Yeah. The only nab for me, and that was the difference between a mortgage broker who had worked with self-employed and those who hadn't was they were like, oh, but you were out of work for five months in 2020. And like, what happened there? I was like, a pandemic happened. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, um, you're going to need another like three to six months ahead of you yeah. in order to even like start this process. But then my guy was like, but you've been doing it for five years. Yeah. And that five months was a glitch in the system because you've been consistent totally. for five years. So it, two of which were a planned holiday. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Two it, of those were here. Exactly. There were little things like that. I mean, the scrutiny I had at least on my... um when they were looking at mine was that they noticed I had two days off and they were like we don't see a consistency between the the first week of your contract and the second week of of your contract and they, they were like so why was that they were they, you know they came from my mortgage advisor I said I had to go to my grandmother's funeral yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean like oh everyone God. takes a day off just so because it's it, not you paid for it. it it's not to put people off but like the the the, the notion and I think it's a bit of a myth is that, oh my God, like if you're freelance, you can't get um, a mortgage yeah. or it's incredibly hard. It's just false. It's, yeah. you know, that's what I heard the first time round, and it's not true. Is it, are there a few more hoops that you need to jump through? Yes. Yeah, a few, but they're not insurmount- insurmountable. 
So and it's doable. And as if you, I mean, with your um, the three month contract, and you were starting to look for jobs, and that had longer contracts. I mean, Britain and I are in a contract now, and that it was ending at the end of March. I got the offer come through. The mortgage needed to be applied. I needed it to be extended three months. And as long as you keep conversation open with your network, and you can be like, "Look, I'm really enjoying yeah. work here. What about a three month? Can we make it work?" There's always plans. Exactly. Can be made. I think that's it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think you should always keep everyone. Even now, even though I'm my, you know, I'm in a contract that's um, six months or so into the future. I'm still that conversation of finding new work never ends. Never. If a recruiter calls me up, which they have to that today, and they're like, "Are you looking?" I'm like, "Always." Yeah, always. Because you never know when things are going to change. But the reality is, if you know, if we lost our contracts tomorrow, we could pretty much in London pick one up. I mean, I, to be honest, I'd go out on a limb now. Not just London. We're talking about the UK now because of the pandemic. Um, you've got access to a bigger market. I wouldn't have that kind of security or confidence if I was permanent somewhere. Yeah. If does that make sense? Yes, like I, 100%. It's, it's, it's a different, it's just we're operating at a different gear to everyone else when you're freelancing. Um, you're keeping conversations going and everyone kind of knows your lights on. Yes, effectively. yeah. One thing I wasn't aware of when I first um, started this journey was having, in order to get the mortgage, you needed to have at least two years of limited company accounts yeah so that was a an interesting learning curve for me because i was just under that when i first applied yeah. and i i then hassled my accountants at the end of the tax year and it's like please just do this as quickly as you yeah. can because i really need this but i guess was that a problem for you at all having come from being permanent in hong kong coming back here yeah it, it wasn't great. In fact, you know, it was one of those things where I thought we should have planned this out better. <laughs> um, because I kind of thought, oh, it would be straightforward. I think the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, like I've not been out of work. Yes. And I remember, recall when I first time I did this, I ha- didn't have the sort of what you would consider the the sort of the one year or two years I had something I had something like probably like nine months or something like that oh wow not enough but I I think my the mortgage advisor at the time redirected them to my permanent work which I I went from permanent to, to freelance and as long as they can kind of see a track um, record just a track record of money coming in yeah you know, just because you have started a limited company doesn't necessarily mean you were just not earning money before yeah. that then so it's not like your career just started when you freelanced exactly so i think it's a you know partly i think it's about mortgages mortgage companies taking having a macro look at your accounts and your situation yeah and um, not treating everyone the same and i guess maybe that's why there's i mean the shift is happening but the struggle begins where they freak out a little bit that you're self-employed because you don't fit into a box yeah, yeah. it's not the typical mold yeah yeah, yeah. But it's at the same time. There's no way I'd get a mortgage if I was permanent. Yes. So yeah. it's kind of uh, you know, and I, there's no way I could pay the mortgage, really, if I was permanent as well. well I guess also for what you want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Or it's going to be a shoebox, maybe. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 so it's a really, it's it's really interesting because it's worked out really well, but you just it's just about getting the, inf- the right information and making sure that you. I'm all about outsourcing stuff. Get get an accountant to do yes. your accounting if you're not very good at that, which I'm awful at. Yeah. Get a mortgage advisor that really understands the market, 
and what you do and they'll know how to position you yeah or they'll tell you what you need to do to get to where you need to be yeah it's money well spent i yeah, think you know? absolutely yeah we're professionals hire us to do our professional jobs yeah and we need to hire professionals to do theirs 100 percent. yeah so that's one of the things you always outsource the things that you're just not very good at yeah so that you great can, advice <laughs> you can focus on the things that you you're really good at did uh, your mortgage broker did he look or he or she look at your day rate or yearly income how did they work out what would then surmount to the amount that they, they could yeah i think they looked at day rate that was the first thing but i also think it was like the contract they want to see money coming in yeah that was the thing that i think is a bigger driver is is or is a big factor i'm not quite sure how they sort of do their calculations mm. but so from my understanding, they yeah. take your day rate and they times it by five to get your weekly rate. And then they times it by 46 to get yeah. the average number of weeks that you will work a year taking yeah. into consideration like holiday. So it would Some, be 52. Something like that. Yeah. yeah they, they, and then they did that with, you know, like, like partners easier to work out. Yeah. Because it's just like a, Way easier. Yeah. But they did something like that. So it, it, it does put you under a little bit of pressure that year to make sure that you are taking some regular paying contracts i think once like you know once we're out of this it means that we're probably more free to you know do as we please be freelance be be free right you know the shackles are very much on at the moment exactly it's nice i definitely found that my day rate bumped up how much we were able to borrow but my yeah but my partner's stability in his full-time role was what actually secured yes. us the mortgage in the first place. So I didn't have to give a three-month contract or anything like that. Right. Okay. They yeah. just used the track record of um, me having been in the same position. We've been um, f- contracting with the same agency for about six months now. Mm. Yeah. So that looked appealing to them. And then his stability was really what got I it think, for us. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it shouldn't put off two freelancers yes, go- yes. Um, at all. But definitely the fact that i had someone that on paper looked stable as my partner does help yes it's yeah. undeniably but at the same time if you're on both freelancing and very successful and earning higher you know high day rates and stuff like that um, i can attest it can be done it as a be... single freelancer you can do it yeah <laughs> so it can be done and stuff and i and like i said I've, i did it on my own so i knew that i mean I think also just getting the right information, surrounding yourself with people that have done it. Don't. Yes. I, I I was usually loads of people were telling me it can't couldn't be done, but they'd never done it. Yes. You know, and it's impossible. You're freelance. Don't. In fact, I was told don't go freelance because yes. you can't um, purchase property. I think um, that was our biggest hope when we when we first met and first chatted, and you were t- you were in the process then. Yeah. And we were like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How? How? Tell us Tell everything. Us how. We were just like budding in this, like, how are we going to do this? Yeah, it's totally doable. And like, it, it's just about getting, like anything, just getting access to the right information. Mm. Yeah. It's not there on a plate, but it's accessible, you know, and you've got to seek out for it. So yeah. definitely. And just talking to lots of people that you're, that see, you see freelancing on different agencies mm. or consultancies or, or companies reach out to them how do you do it everyone's got a unique situation story, yeah. and story yeah, yeah. Um, you know i came over from hong kong and you know like 
there's loads of like different so between all of those stories you'll see there's a path there's a way yeah. to do it i think one of the most frustrating parts of being a freelancer is that you don't always have access to other freelancers to ask these questions yeah which is why i think we need to build a better stronger freelance community mm-hmm. as For a sure. whole and just start being honest about things like mortgages day rates oh you know, it, all these kinds of things just open up the floor to to bring strength to our industry. I think it's really important to have those open conversations yeah. just because that level of transparency really does kind of, it opens the playing field, but it also yes. means that companies can't basically take advantage of, you know, because the truth is we're scarce. Yes. I think, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine in your field, there's not many, there's not many freelance creatives littered around london not as many as there are permanent teams yeah there's no way near so even the knowledge of that and i think that's really important about just understanding where you are in the market it it does inform actually what your day rate should be yes because scarcity of resources should by definition mean that you are you know um more in demand and more in demand and that that should be kind of you know sort of compensated or mm. you're remunerated so that should always inform yes your day rates and stuff that's a that's actually such a great way to look at it i don't think i've ever thought about it like that before mm. and also when you're nominated for awards and yes. getting awards and accolades you know that <laughs> stuff should also bolster your day rate as well so it's definitely something that i always encourage other freelancers to be like you won that thing like yeah don't forget that, like that, put your rates up that, this is you your to, yeah you have to put your rates up you know as, as tell them tell the people put your rates up <laughs> you have to put your rates up yeah no but no but it, it is pertinent to talk about because especially now when energy prices are surging yes especially now when i mean i didn't really understand interest rates before but you you get your head around them when you're buying property oh it becomes yeah quite important i still don't fully understand them but the reality is it's not good and they're going up and we're in a unique position where we ha- can move the dial with our day rates slightly mm. up. We can't, not always successful all the time, but it does kind of, we've got more maybe um, power than yes. our partners to sort of, you know, we don't have to wait for someone else to say, here's a raise. Yeah. we. So it's really very much in our control. So it's always kind of a good incentive to yeah. kind of keep pushing the day rate up. Yeah. What would you say were the pros that worked in your favor of being freelance with applying for your mortgage? What are the pros? I mean, I think it's the cash flow. Yeah. Alone, right? The cash flow coming in um, because they are seeing money coming in on a, I don't know how it works. I get paid on a monthly basis, but Mm -hmm. you're invoicing on a weekly basis. So I think that, that, that injection of just cash coming into your account is always a good thing. Um, I'm not saying I'm rich, but I'm saying that it it does help you be a bit more disciplined. Yes. You know, like you can only say, I only really learned how to save when I could actually save. If yeah. that yes, when that you had sense? enough money to, to save. save. It's, it's almost, it was almost quite difficult to do um, when you're permanent so so that's why i I sort of was i thought was quite good yeah the cons of um did any freelance work against you in terms of in through the sort of like applying for a mortgage or just in general i I mean like i said it it, there's a lot more paperwork which i'm not really great at or collating i'd say actually to be honest it's the anxiety 
Uh, right? Retreats, think, like, sleepless like, nights. I think like the anxiety was really quite, you know, it does, it, it's not, I mean, I mean, obviously you're in it together with your partner, but there is a lot more anxiety because I was really conscious of the uh, mortgage expiry date. Yes. Okay. More than anything, I was like, oh, if this doesn't quite work out, it, you you really are like hyper vigilant in terms of just always keeping your eye on other contracts if things don't quite work out yes. or for whatever reason because I've had contracts be you know pulled. There is a little bit of anxiety or a little bit of hyper vigilance about okay, well, what's my backup plan? Mm. Um, it's not a problem to get a contract. That's not hard when you've been doing it for a certain amount of time. It's getting the right contract at the right time. It just needs planning. Do you know yes. what I mean? It just needs. That so a- makes you look desirable. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. You're positioning yourself in a way, and I think that's why you do need to sort of work with a mortgage advisor to help you. You know, yeah. in that. But uh, apart from that, you know, buying a, a, a buying property, buying a house, is anxiety inducing. Period. Yeah. Rega- yeah. Regardless of your, you Full know, or freelance freelance. Employment. You know, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to deal with a. A, a lot of kind of being quite emotionally connected to this property that you you know that's effectively your home yes uh your future home and that's always going to sort of make you know make you much more anxious than normal yeah so you know and just also finding uh, on top of the anxiety finding time to read through all the documents and all the things as they start coming in i'm finding it with work and everything I, yeah. I'm, I'm getting back to mortgage advisors and solicitors and surveyors so late because I don't have time to read all the mad documents. I mean, it's a, it's like a, you know, they they say it's one of the most stressful things you can do in your in your lifetime. At least what they they say that in the UK, and it is. I mean, like there's been a lot of kind of you know ups and downs emotionally in terms of which you wouldn't think because it's just buying bricks and mortar, but it's so much more than that yeah and you know it is kind of you know couple that with the idea that it's the biggest purchase of your life yes yeah you know that i think freaks me out the most so, like you've worked so hard and collected all this money and now it's just gonna go yeah into this so with the threat of getting kazumped yeah at any l- chance or, or being anytime. pulled or at all these other things there's, come in it's you know it's it's very complex in the uk um and, and even more in england and it's just one of those things that you need to do the mental gymnastics. Yes. I don't want to make it sound harder than it is. It's just you're going to have this kind of, this. you know, you've got searching for a property. There's the mortgage application. And then there's the kind of the surveys, which we're, we're, we're kind of in that process yes, at the moment of conducting surveys. And is it chain free or not chain free? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts and you're doing your job on top of that. And, you know, it's a lot of blocking and tackling Yes. in terms of the emails. You know, you've got solicitors involved. You've got mortgage advisors. You've got estate agents. You know, there's liaising with the vendors. You know, even thinking about it and talking about it is making me think about all these things, which, to be frank, I'm not totally built to do on yes. top of my job. So it does kind of... Takes on a stress of its own. Takes on a stress Harriet of its own. Harriet and I keep saying, this, this could be our day jobs. There's Either. so much to yep. do and so much to look through and so much to negotiate yeah. that it feels it feels just as stressful as freelancing yeah. normally. I, I think the one positive is that we're both going through at the same time. Yeah. So it feels as if 
you know, maybe if you are working in a team, you might get frustrated that someone's like on their emails to their solicitors or whatever. But because we're at the same, we both understand, we're both kind of, we're working in this, you know, fluidness that, you know, she'll be doing it and then I'll be working and then I'll be doing it and she'll be working. So it's, thank God. Yeah, yeah I think for most people, I mean, if you told even people that you're in that process, yeah, they would, they the should have, they should have a, a healthy dose of empathy because it's it's the biggest purchase of your entire life yes let's be clear about it you know unless and you're a billionaire and unless you don't you're care. a billionaire and you do it for fun which <laughs> like i wouldn't do yeah you know like i, I don't find it fun at all um you know it, it, it's a lot on top of the kind of um the day-to-day you know running of you know doing your job doing your your, your contract your gig and also keeping the moving parts of your actual business going yes. as well you know, it's no, it's an, just tax now. So that's you don't forget about your taxes. You need to sort out. Yeah, yeah, all the taxes and stuff like that. I mean, that's why I'm saying, if you can sort of get specialists to handle certain things. That's I mean, the delegation of a mortgage advisor is still very important to me because I just wouldn't have people. You know, you hear stories of people doing it on their own. Yes, I'm just not equipped to do no it. No ways. Or, yeah. You know, I wouldn't have the time to do it. So. Mm. Have you been quite surprised by anything in this process of, of buying a house or getting a mortgage? Has anything surprised yeah, you? I, I do think it was interesting that we got, we, we had to co-sign, we had to get a letter as well from the people giving us the contract to say that I actually worked there. I was a little bit surprised by that because I thought the contract is enough. would, would have enough, you would suffice for that. Um, I, And that actually happened to me when I bought um, back in 2014 as well 2014 2015 that's the same thing so it, it's interesting that like sort of the mortgage the lenders aren't really i mean most of the people are now in the gig economy yeah, yeah. that's the reality of it and i think they know that now mm. um that was the case after the credit crunch in 2008 there was this massive shift but the pandemic has really sort of changed, so, that. changed that so i'm a little bit surprised that their processes have not been a bit more streamlined to sort of mm. handle you know we were seen as anomalies but now it's really i think probably now more yeah the, the, the other norm. way around yeah the norm yeah. it might be the norm even, there, yeah. but it's definitely getting there you yeah know? yeah one thing that really pulled the rug out from underneath my feet was um the fact that my visa was on its way to running out when i applied for a mortgage the first time around wow okay so i did it about nine to ten months ago now for the first time got to the point where we made an offer on a house where our mortgage broker at the time had said yes go for it go ahead and when it came down yeah. to actually doing the paperwork she basically was like you can't you need to pull you call them back and tell them you're taking your offer back because you actually on you're on a visa and it's going to run out in about six months time and we were going to transition then to indefinite leave to remain right. which we now have nice and thank well you thank you um and yeah it, it was just a complete spanner in the works i was wow. i, I she threw was a pen i was crying i can imagine no no it it's was a big deal. yeah and yeah. it was a house i really loved with a beautiful garden and it had it tick tick ticked all these boxes for me and yeah it was it was really devastating experience that yeah. and it's just something if you are on a visa i would definitely no. Bring it up Check. up front with a mortgage broker. I think that's going to be really helpful to everyone listening because everyone's got these, like, we don't, we're not all cookie cutter and we mm. don't have this kind of, I mean, really, from a mortgage lender's point of view, they want you to have lived in one place and had a stable job 
and you know they, they just want to see everything that's trackable but like we just don't live like that we're yeah. humans we are nomadic by default i think by default yes it's actually quite strange to be in one place exactly and stay in one job in one house uh, in one house yeah. for 20 years it, it makes sense if it was 1890 but in 2022 it, it it's just not the way we are living and it's, it's it, no. you know we're definitely going to be much more sort of um traveling around the world yeah. and living in lots of different countries i think even more increasingly increasingly, yeah. increasingly forward, so, so definitely um what would you say would be then your top lessons you've learned through this process wow okay that's a lot there's a <laughs> i mean i yeah because we, we we lost a house um, we oh, were in no. the process once, and I, I, I mentioned earlier we got ghosted. Actually, I know it's so wild. I uh, find it crazy, uh, but I'm almost like nervous now. For yeah, myself. so sorry, sorry to put that out there, but we we did get ghosted by our um, the people we were buying off. We just didn't hear anything back. We still haven't heard anything back. Um, so, and we, how I many months were we into that process? We it, they dragged out, so it went to about five months. Wow. Um, so we wasted time i think we've got to now be quite zen about it and be very yeah. kind of like it was a lesson uh you know but it definitely hit us pretty hard at the time so you know on one hand i'm holding this feeling of i wish we didn't do the survey so quickly because that was a bunch of money we didn't need to spend but you really do need to do the survey for yeah. a peace of mind and, and and because you you want to keep momentum and keep that tempo you don't want to drop the ball in terms of like keeping things moving because it's very easy. You've got all of this documentation coming at you. You've got solicitors, estate agents, people chasing you. F- loads of forms you've got to fill out, which I'm not great at. And, um, you know, you want to keep that momentum going. But at the same time, it, it, you've got to do the, these sort of these, these processes that kind of um, dil- this diligence, you know, it's very easy to like sort of skip steps and things. And I, we were of the belief that, oh God, we, we just put, we paid the survey too quickly. If only we just held off a little bit, we wouldn't have spent thousands of pounds on trying to get a, a building survey done. So is it a regret? I think we regret losing that money. We could use it, period. You know, that's just had money. Had you paid solicitors as well in the process? or We had, but we made sure that we used the same solicitor again. So they kind of shifted some of those costs well, that's, across. Oh, that's amazing. But we, we lost, we, they, we still had to pay for the searches. Yeah. Yes. So we, we lost a bunch of money, but honestly, you've just got to kind of tell yourself if a house falls through, it just wasn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, these things happen. Yes. It's actually oddly, unfortunately quite common. And, you know, that, that's just part of the process. But, it, you know, what's for you won't go by you as a, old scottish saying so keeps you sane keeps you sane i'm I'm sure i've just got to keep telling myself that what's for you won't go by you yeah i love that yeah i've got to i just got to believe that now right you know because we 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 do sort of so we actually walked past the house that we were going to get and in all fairness the new house is better you know that's how i feel about my new house i was gonna say that when you talk about i was like this one's way better yeah so it's one of those things you know if, if if it's for you it won't go past you and the conditions it's got to feel right all of the things yes. have got to be aligned you know and it does kind of almost fine-tune you for the next property you find you look for we were looking for dip because we've seen things in the property that went fell through that we were like not totally happy with that mm. so it kind of made us a bit more sort of we could make a decision when we saw the right property with kind of 
the speed, yeah. you know, which you do need to do if it's quite a, a, yeah. a competitive market. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started this process? Okay, wow. Um, that's a really good question. This is a strange one, but I think because the process has been so arduous I, and fatiguing, yeah, and it's not to put people off, it's made me really kind of, I think we, even my partner was kind of up for a renovation, like doing some work on it. But the truth of the matter is because of the depleted funds yep. and not much energy, we just don't have the capacity to do. So I think yeah. it's something to factor in actually, because it's a bit of a a process and it's yes. a real emotional roller coaster. I, I, it's now I'm sort of the question, do we have the energy to really do any th- sort of large? Yeah work to the place so that's something that i kind of now i'm starting to consider now i'm squinting forward to the future mm. we're starting to think about like do we have the energy to do this to do, do, do some major decoration so i think that's something to consider right yeah you know and, and start to think about even the saving of sofas and yes things like that, that that's oh, the yes. kind of that's a hidden cost not 100%. a hidden cost but it's it's going to spend you're going to probably spend without breaking a sweat yeah minimum 5k yeah on getting things in up to par yeah you know and moving in and moving in the cost of moving minimum minimum um so yeah so yeah that's something i'm I'm considering i think something i wish i had done was factored in stamp duty a bit better yeah oh stamp duty oh Oh, god the sneaky little tax because also then the mortgage broker gives you the idea of like oh you could afford a house this price and that's wonderful because it's like amazing such a a a great opportunity because now i can look at something a little bit more range in this range yeah then you're like oh totally forgot about that extra 10k on top of it for a stamp duty so that it's you're lucky if it's 10k stamp duty (laughs) is the biggest racket really i mean it's daylight robbery yeah you know it's one of those things that not many countries have stamp duty and it has Uh, to be paid in cash which is something i also found out yeah um, through this process it's something that i'd love to understand and unpack and it it does explain the frenzy around the stamp duty holiday which happens during the pandemic but at the same time that caused more problems because actually when you know the stamp duty holiday was there people just started shifting that money that you would be otherwise saving and putting it onto their property. So that actually house yeah. prices went up. Well, totally. Inflated them. And inflated actually that the market was became really hot. Overpriced. In a bad, in, yeah, in a bad in, way. In a bad way. So. Because the place that I bought, it had sold last year and it sold for 17,000 more than I'm buying it for because of the stamp duty holiday. And so it was way overpriced. Yeah. So people weren't saving; they were just spending more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no so there was no; it didn't really sort of had a bit of a you know, sort of false economy. But actually, I've got a better answer actually to add on to it Ooh. to add on because I think actually this was something that I wish I did really think about, and I never had to contend with this the first time round because it was basically chain free the, the last time. Um, and it's something actually really. Um, related to freelancing and i would really say these three words negotiation 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 my god you realize really quickly that there's lots of different toggles and switches when negotiating for the home you desire 
I don't yes. know if you had this, but there was so much of the area we were looking for. There was so much competition. Mm. And uh, I think I would naively thought at the time that it was about the person with the biggest amount or biggest checkbook. Mm. Uh, not that we use checks. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? The most <laughs> amount of money. And it's not always the case. It's yeah. it's it's actually, if you're chain free, you're incredibly tra- attractive. Yes. Because if they're motivated to move, that becomes a real kind of selling point to sell to you. Yeah. So there's little things like that that I really wish I, you know, I knew. You know, we got gazumped. Well, we didn't really get gazumped. It was literally cash as well. We um, outbid someone, but they had the money good to go. Yeah. It was less money, but that became much more attractive. So yes. it's not necessarily always about someone with the most amount of money always getting the property because if you guys are chain-free, yeah. you know, that, that means there's going to be real tempo and speed to that process which no one really enjoys either as a vendor um or you know or even as a buyer no one really wants to hassle mm. they want to know this the sale's going to be quick so they can kind of move into move on with their lives yes totally no that's really really good advice negotiation 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 and it feeds into freelance as yeah, well totally. for, mortgage, like, for the contracts and it's something we're not very good at doing in this country as well i don't know if you've noticed yeah. negotiating yeah. is not our forte no people often will shy away from it you it know, makes people uncomfortable it's definitely, talking about money make, in general makes people uncomfortable yeah so lots of things are like that but I think it's a real th- from an education standpoint I really wish we were taught how to negotiate yes. because it's something that you're always going to be doing freelancing probably mm. more often than not we're always negotiating or having daily conversations with recruiters around yep. sort of negotiating um it feeds into the flexibility of how we work as well um and you know we're always going to be negotiating for things for our whole life you know yeah. so it, it it definitely was shown at a national level when it came to brexit yes yeah we, oh yeah yeah so it's definitely one of those things that i'm like why why did i learn trigonometry or yeah <laughs> or do you know what i mean or like all of why these didn't i that, learn about tax negotiation, negotiation? yeah and tell us why we voted for Brexit. Yeah, it's like all of these different things, but like the negotiations are sort of like, and my partner was exceptional at doing that. Wow. That's one of those things she could literally, she could look at how many people, we just needed to know how many people were like bidding. And as long as that information was true, we could get a gauge of like. How do you know it's true? We don't. Okay. Uh, that's that's hot, you know, but we yeah. have to operate with the um with the information you've got and i think partially like certain ways of getting that information out is making sure you're asking on viewings how many people are viewing how many people are in the process um because when you really break down if this we went to a viewing and there was 27 people six people might be making an offer but where are they at in their process their process because if you've just started searching your wine tasting Yes. really effectively so you they they're, they're not they can be eliminated yeah from that process you're like i'm here to lug the but bottle if you've, <laughs> not, if you've kind of lost a house or you've been in a process before or you've just made a few offers and they haven't quite worked out you're probably in a much more uh, fine-tuned you're mm. fine fine-tuned you're thirsty you're more thirsty but you're also just looking at the situation and go and just looking at i think they're going to offer this because you, you don't want to offer too much mm. yeah and then, you know, uh, you know, that doesn't serve you either. So you've got to get it just right. Yeah. 
and it's just about just getting the, the right amount of information from the estate agent estate agent could be lying but then he they're lying to everyone so you've got to still work with within those parameters i think it's wild that they can do that it's like give me the truth this is so much money yeah um and and as a freelancer now paying a mortgage has it actually changed the way that you handle your finances i know Brittany and i have got like spreadsheet spreadsheet of budgeting now trying to like make yeah. sure we can do this i mean i've always done a fixed price uh, fixed uh, mortgages for every two years to incrementally um i don't even know if that's the best tactic because you know things are interest rates are just going up yeah so well this was going to be our next question yeah. to you was would you go for a two or a five year so we've both gone for five year yeah. fixed terms just so that because of the unstable or the instability with the interest rates at the moment yeah and inflation just rising constantly you know it's that's pretty scary and we'd rather just be locked in at the price it is I now think, yeah i think that's a good move i mean the thing is that there's i've never like we went i went for two years but we interest rates are always going to be moving and changing i don't know if that was the best move at the time because that interest rate was locked in we had to try and lock in this interest rate as soon as possible yes you know what i mean because the interest rate was changing from week to week yeah yeah quite significantly yeah literally i literally Um, applied the day before it went up yeah but i I also i still probably and it might be naive new products come out all the time and I'm wondering if there will be products that kind of cater more to the this freelance absolutely life, you know. Yes. So there's there's that, and I think, like I said, the banking industry's you know been disrupted. We're definitely you know probably going to see in the next sort of five years maybe the same sort of disruption happening in mortgages. I know that the company lenders, ha- yeah. Hapato, as well, they kind of are are kind of leading the pack in that in that area, but. There's probably going to be a few more players, so. Okay, the who, well, who's Habito? They're, they're, they're like a. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be. I'm not advertising the yeah. way I do like that. Just, <laughs> I was like, oh, who's Habito? Um, but they basically are like an online. I think it's like a lender, online mortgage provider. It's all done digitally. Okay. Wow. But, but what I'm starting to see, because I, I did a bit of work in banking, um, from a product design standpoint, the products that are coming out that are completely disrupting banking like the Starlings and the Monzos, yeah. it feels quite like the market's ripe yes. for disruption in terms of mortgages. Absolutely. Things like taking your your, your rental history into yeah. consideration so that you can have a credit history or a credit rating. Yes, yeah, little things I mean, like that. These kinds of things would be, it would open up Invaluable. the market of buying to, to yeah. millions more people. Um, so I envision that. So maybe I'm holding out for that, but I think like I still want to just keep abreast of the, the, the products that will be out in two years sure but i still think that it's a smart move to lock it in for five years i know someone that locked their mortgage in for 10 years wow which is probably a really clever move yeah yeah, yeah. especially uh, in 10 years time you'll be laughing yeah but you know who knows where who knows, who yeah. knows what's gonna happen but exactly yeah does the pressure of you know having to pay a mortgage every month ever make you consider going permanent never okay that's that's <laughs> um, a relief <laughs> just because i'd probably be I, I, in a worse I, position <laughs> yeah well but, but, but this way i think the, the the fact that there are other contracts out there or at least i'm aware of them all the time it, it serves as a real safety blanket especially in london especially with things being so global now mm. and remote working being a thing i i, I just it would probably fill me with more anxiety 
Yeah. To be honest, to be locked into one place. And if you, the problem with maybe being working at one place is you kind of get not just used to, but you're almost um, indoctrinated to think in a certain way. So it's, it makes it harder to leave and move to other places. Whereas yeah. you guys know this, you move from contract to contract. You've worked at lots of different creative agencies. You're just good to go. Yeah, It's not a big deal moving. We also just work on so many different projects. It's it, it, We're constantly thinking in different ways. And a lot of the time, if you maybe are perm, you set to certain kinds yeah. of projects of whatever the agency has at the time if you are working agency so that is what we do love about the about it just the variety it's the mm. variety and i think it kind of it, i think you get mentally unfit sometimes mm. if you go stay in one place especially as creatives you guys need to use your brain but you also need to have different experiences mm. i think as a designer that was a big driver for going to hong kong as well was just to see new stuff yeah it, it does really help with the creative process just being able to reference and see so i think traveling is quite an important part of not just getting stuck in a lane and i think as a creative you do need to serve that so it, it's one of those things that um i don't you know I, I definitely kind of think it being freelance and also being creatively minded work hand in hand they yeah. kind of serve both both jobs yes 100 percent. completely agree what is one final piece of advice that you would give our listeners who are freelance and are looking to potentially buy a house? Don't be deterred by what people say. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think that's the biggest advice you're going to get a lot of permanent people telling you, you know, it can't be done. You'll tell, your parents will tell you the same yes. stuff. Parents <laughs> always go, get a stable job. It can't be done. And then actually when they see that you, you know, that it, you could probably get a, a, a better or a higher a bigger mortgage just because you're freelance so it really shouldn't deter you um i'd say just get a good grasp on the market what's going on i always talk to recruiters all the time i think that will kind of serve as a security blanket to, to let you just keep informing yourself there's stuff out there mm. as well so keep having traction with the the market awesome then where can our listeners find you contact details instagram website i have a website at adrianvancouten.com do you want to spell that yeah i'll i'll try (laughs) (laughs) i can't spell my own name it's a d r i a n v a n c double o t e n dot com and i also have a dribble as well so oh, awesome i love awesome. dribble dribble yeah so dribble slash adrian van kooten one one word you know one word yeah. so awesome. yeah that's where i put my work i think the pl- dribble's more my playground that's where i love it. whereas the real work the sort of the day-to-day work the the work that probably you know is real day-to-day kind of yeah. adds credibility but the, the dribble's where i play basically yeah the play is always good play. yes <laughs> win some and dim some um so we are going to ask you what yours were for this week what was your win some your high and what was your dim sum okay low? that's okay so the the is it the high is the win some. Win the win some win some right okay so the win some would definitely be getting the survey done it came through not much going on there amazing, amazing. i think there was like a a dormant wasp's nest not a deal breaker something we could remove so that's Brilliant. Great. So that means that we're on track to moving to the next step. So that's definitely a win some. A huge win. 
Uh, I think the dim sum is I just didn't get a great night's sleep. I've got this weird neck thing. Oh, so. that's from being at the computer Yeah, in a bad I think position. it's a weird, like I've been hunched over. I went into the office for the first time, well, not the first time, sort of, um, but in a, you know, in a long time. And I think I'm sort of sitting in a weird angle or something that's, you know, so there's something going on with my neck. So I didn't sleep. Oh my god! I'll add. I'll add and be like, mine also is a dim sum like that because I put on my top yesterday morning and I kind of was like trying to move my hair out the way and put my top on and I've done something yeah. that has literally done the same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm trying to turn my neck and it's really sore. I think it's maybe you know like we're intensely staring at big screens and hunching over yep. and it's just really gone so i'm like a moth to a flame as well no matter what you do my face always ends up about an inch from yeah so it's always have to tell it great uh, but but it's been affecting my sleep so it's it's a bit of a yeah it's a dim sum i'd say yeah but yay for the survey yeah yes fritz what's your winsome my winsome is actually this conversation this has been so great i love chatting to other freelancers yeah me too me too my favorite thing yeah. It's why we actually started this podcast because we have so many questions all the time and not all of the time we can answer them ourselves. So that's why it's like, let's get uh, people who we can chat uh, to. As you you guys are in the process, I think people are going to really, really sort of get a lot out of your experience. And, and you know, we're actually at the same stage, all of us yes. as well. Yes. You know, we're all freelance. We're all going through, the, which is oddly weird, isn't it? I know. It? Well, we've got and so cool. going through. So yeah. hopefully if this all goes well, We'll be at each other's houses. Yeah, I'll have exactly. you guys over, and we'll exactly. you know, likewise. We can sort of recall the journey, you know. Yeah, yeah. it'll be great. As as now, so nice. One thing maybe we can say to listeners is find your buddies and make a crew of like we're going through this house buying process, and then you can just like um, feed off each other. Yeah, but yeah. just keep talking to freelancers. There's loads yes. of different little tricks that I mean I'll share with you that I've talked to other freelancers about loads of things to do with like the company or investments and things like that and you're just like yeah. oh my god that's a really interesting idea so you kind of just for the, the, the nature of being freelance you're thinking in an entrepreneurial way yeah. yes and you're not thinking in a very sort of linear way which is a good thing yeah it is you great um, so harriet what is your winsome mine mine would be that on friday last week i did actually get my mortgage approved so that was like big the, one that was a big one and i think i was more panicked um, because I am doing it alone and I thought I'm not going to be desirable. I, even though I had, you know, three, oh, I, you're so beautiful. <laughs> I gave like three tax years. My new one, my last year's tax literally yeah. just came through. So I sent that to them. It's just like, here's some more tidbits. But then they started asking me things like, can we get a pay slip? Yeah. And then I, they asked me about, they wanted another bank statement. And I was like, yeah. now you're freaking me out. I know exactly the feeling because it's a, different energy yeah doing it alone i did it alone i i remember at one point i had like a breakdown yeah with my friend in the pub and i wasn't crying but i was certainly like not right do you yeah. know what i mean i remember and i we were going for, for this i think what had happened specifically in that case was i was so close to getting the mortgage and they were like we need a six-month contract you know uh. last minute and i was just like why didn't they tell me that before yeah. Um, I had to go out and get a six-month contract. That I, I, I pulled it off somehow, um, but it, it's it's so different because sharing the pain with a, a friend or a, a partner, I'd, I'd say it, it becomes quite important in this process, especially yeah. if you're doing it alone, just to get that mental support 
or confidence because it's really difficult alone. It is. And I think if Britney wasn't doing it at the same time, Mm. I probably probably would have given up. Mm. But she's like being my turn better, like my support at least. So I feel like I'm not 100% alone, even though the process is, you know, I'll eventually be having it on my own. But yeah, the process is shared. You lean on me, I lean on Ben. Ben is... My husband's super chilled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very well, I'm chilled not out. very chilled, so I'm probably, it'll be my partner's a chilled one, but it is a different energy doing it on your own. So there's definitely a lot of empathy towards that. And like, you'll, you'll, you'll get through it. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing it. I'm doing you're it. Bossing Do you it. have any dim sum? Uh, my dim sum for this week, we are currently working across four different food brands. Wow. Um, and we are hungry all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> one of them is cheese. There is chocolate, two chocolate uh um, one of them is fast food fast food yeah uh, yeah yeah i don't know how you guys are doing it yeah. it's one of those things you we, we talked about earlier on and i was like how are you doing it? yeah like, it's like a win sum because it's amazing working across all these brands it's a dim sum because i'm just like i want to eat all the time all yeah. the time all the time and chopping and changing all yeah. the time <laughs> well great work for the portfolio right yes exactly. if you think about it like that thank you so that's another way of looking at it yeah you know exactly. you're kind of, so sort of sometimes i win something yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly oh adrian it's been so wonderful to have you on the show and thank you so much your knowledge is absolutely invaluable it's amazing i hope this has resonated with people listen to it listen to it again i know i think i will yeah. and you're so great to chat to as well and like can we tell our listeners that if they have questions sure, about mortgages absolutely. or otherwise uh, freelance stuff oh, they can definitely reach out help people that are going through the same process because it's 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 difficult and especially when we've they've done it at least once right yes I've, it, it's so important to probably sort of at least someone's going to benefit from the scar tissue yeah that we are <laughs> accruing or, or generating <laughs> um as well Another so it quote. doesn't feel like a complete you know loss but i think it's just in general freelancers just it's important for us to keep talking to yeah, each other stick together stick together and um share stories help each other out for work yeah you know be really transparent around day rates yes. and and industries all of that stuff i think really helps you know totally thank you thank you so, so much right. thank you thank you thanks for listening don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and DM us if there's any topics you'd like us to cover or if you've got a question to ask. If you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line. We're at That Freelance Life Podcast at gmail.com.